recording this 5:15 on the 3rd of May. Recording this got Nolan. Nolan's always back. But today we got a special guest, man. Contributor for the Strickland, contributor for the Knicks Film School. Uh Jeremy, say what's up to the people. What's going on, guys? How's how's everyone? How are you two? I'm good. I'm good. You know, we were just talking about the NFL draft. You know, my Giants, they had a good draft. Uh yeah. Nolan, the how you felt about the 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 Pittsburgh Pirates. I mean, not the Pittsburgh Pirates, the Pittsburgh Steelers. <laughs> <laughs> Don't bring up the Pirates. <laughs> How you feel about their draft real quick before we get into the NBA topics? Yo, Nola. Oh, me? Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, the, the Steelers draft? Yeah, yeah, real quick before we jump into the Knicks topic. Um, I like the draft. I like Najee Harris. Uh, like I said, didn't really like taking a tight end second when our offensive line's pretty bad. But outside of that, yeah, can't really sure. complain. Uh, I think, like I said, uh, I think the Giants did a really good job, though. I don't know if you guys are uh, – or Jeremy, I don't know if you're a Giants or Jets fan. Yeah, I'm a Giants fan. So I'm also happy about the draft. I thought hey, Caleb did a great job, hey. surprisingly enough. But I was glad to see it. Hey, man. You know, how do you feel about Daniel Jones? Because real quick, um, uh, I felt like – you know, Daniel Jones is going to have a lot of opportunities with the weapons, but you know how it is. Like, quarterbacks, they they either fail or they either do tremendously well in their in their development. How you feel Daniel Jones is going to be? It's tough to say. I mean, last year felt like he was getting held back quite a bit. Um, obviously, Jason Garrett is not the best offensive coordinator around, so curious to see how things work schematically. But he's got the weapons, and he was great with the deep ball. So, um, you know, I mean – hopefully Saquon's healthy and, and that gives another option in the backfield, but I'm confident. I feel like it's crazy to give up on guys after two years, but uh, this will be make or break for him. So looking forward to it. Yeah. Sounds great, man. Sounds great. Um, wanted to talk about the recent Knicks play. The Knicks uh, recently went on a nine game winning streak, uh, lost a game to the Suns, came right back in Houston and uh, blew them out. Uh, how has been your energy towards like, you know, they get the win streak, the vibe of the team, like, how has been your energy, Jeremy? Oh, it's been off the charts. I mean, I haven't been able to cheer about the – I mean, I've been rooting for the Knicks, but it's nice to to see the Knicks and not have to have any thought in your mind of like, oh, if, if the Knicks win a game late in the season, is that going to conflict with the tank? Has development going? Um, it's just really great to see a team like the Knicks winning, uh, especially because I'm a fan of them. So life's a lot better when when the Knicks are doing well. Yeah, man, like me and Nolan, we were talking for the last past couple of weeks and we were saying on how like we've been very impressed with Randall's play. Uh, Randall putting up 30 points, eight rebounds, five assists, uh, shooting 46 percent from three on seven attempts during this uh, 11 game streak where we've been rolling as a team. Nolan, how you felt about uh, Randall's play during this stretch? I mean, this stretch of Randall's ball has just been besides being like the most surprising stretch of basketball I've ever seen from an NBA player, it's just been incredible. I mean, he's playing like a top 15 player in the league right now. And I don't think, I'm not sure if he can be the best player on a championship team, but I think he's definitely going to be a continual all-star for the next years moving forward and something to build around. Yeah, for sure. Like I haven't remember a player in NBA history who has made this kind of leap, you know, like he has came from like a starter, pretty much putting up 20 and 10 on consistent losing teams to being an actual contributor to winning. 
Um, I also wanted to talk about the importance of the upcoming road trip. Uh, upcoming, we have the Grizzlies, Nuggets, Suns, and then we go down to L.A. for a road trip with the Clippers and the Lakers. You know, right now we have a 1.5 game uh, lead ahead of the, I believe, the Hawks. So mm -hmm. we have a little bit of a, a cushion, but I prefer not the Knicks to really slow down during this period of time because every game is critical at this point. How do you uh, know how you feel? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's why I think tonight's game is going to be so important against Memphis. And I know Memphis has been struggling their past past week the past like four or five games and i think they won one out of their last four but the next few wins are going to be pretty tough to come by and i think that if we can at least win not go even if we can go 500 over this stretch i'd be fairly happy with that yeah for sure jeremy how you feel how you feel uh, your confidence level coming in with this uh upcoming road trip the current road trip it's a good measuring stick. Uh, these are some great teams Knicks are facing. Um, they Obviously, they started off with the easiest opponent in Houston being the worst team in the league, and Memphis is a little bit better than them. So eager to see what that's like, especially if Noel's not playing. I know um, Grizzlies are great with their rebounding, especially offensively. So that'll be an interesting matchup to watch. But Knicks are certainly catching a break considering how Dennis Schroeder is out for the next 10 to 14 days due to uh, – health and safety protocol and who knows what LeBron's health is. He's going to be out tonight against the nuggets. He's missing the Clippers game uh, a couple days from now. So he may be out a month or a week from today. Who knows? Um, but you know, it's, I think just uh, considering how Denver is also so good and the Knicks haven't won there in, I want to say like 15 years, it'd be nice just to go. I mean, three and three on this road trip, I think would be really impressive. Uh, you, you hope for more of course, but just, being a 500 team last leg of the season that's uh i'll take it oh for sure yeah for I think, sure um, i think it's crazy that even like um i know like i said that i think today's game's important that memphis hasn't been doing as well but i know that valentunas is if noel's not playing i think he's gonna have a pretty big game so I don't know. How do you, you think that the Knicks are going to go about defending Valanciunas? Do you think it's going to be, if Noel doesn't play, do you think it'll be a lot of Taj and Pell? Or do you think that the Knicks will go with more of a small ball lineup and maybe see some Obi, or not Obi, uh, Randall at the five? I think they'll probably try to stay a little bit bigger just based on the fact of those rebounds. I mean, yeah, Valanciunas, I think he'll eat regardless. If Mitch were there, it might be a different story, just based on how good he is with box outs and, and securing defensive rebounds. But yeah, I mean, he's uh, he's a tough matchup to face. I think probably the Knicks just figure, you know, we'll, you know, if, if he cleans up, he cleans up, but let's try to get the ball away from Ja. Ja is great attacking downhill. Not so much in terms of outside shooting, so maybe the Knicks try to force him to his other, you know, to his weaker side and, and have him shoot more. That could be another option, but uh, you know, the last game the Knicks played against the Grizzlies, it was not particularly close. And then the Knicks found a way to cut it down towards the end and uh, made it go to overtime and won. So, uh, and I think that might've even started the winning streak. If I recall correctly. Yep. Sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, clearly they, they know what works in terms of coming back, but as long as they're not, you know, there's some slower quarters or, 
they Knicks might get up ahead, but they won't kind of step on the gas and, and just make sure they're at a distance. Like we saw last night in the first half, mm. hopefully that's a little bit different. They're able to keep a, a bigger lead and kind of just safely secure the game from there. Yeah, I feel like Valentunas might be uh, have a, a big game because, you know, he's one of the best bruisers in the league. And uh, the way we are with Taj, I don't know. I don't know how many minutes uh, Tiz plan on playing Taj tonight. And uh, Pell, you know, he hasn't had much NBA experience as it is. Uh, if Randall, it depends because I feel like if Randall plays the five, it, it may potentially take away from his effectiveness on the field scoring wise. So it'll be interesting to see what Tibbs does for sure. Um, I wanted to talk about D Rose and um, how important he has been during the stretch and how important he should be during this uh, current road trip. Uh, during this 11 game stretch, uh, Derrick Rose been shooting, been scoring 16 points, four, four rebounds, three assists, uh, shooting 41% from three. So giving us an outside shot, even if it's only two attempts, he's still giving us a threat from outside, which we have not been getting from Peyton at all. And it's been a blessing to see, you know, Peyton's minutes come down and Rose is coming up and the winning has, uh, you, you see the winning from that, which is pretty cool. Um, yeah, pretty much, uh, as far as uh, Berman, Berman's article pretty much lit a fire on Nick's Twitter and, you know, the Dame rumors. Uh, me and Nolan, we were texting back and forth about, like, the rumors. And I said that if I'm Portland, there's no way in hell I'm, tra- I'm giving you guys either CJ or Dame without uh, having RJ back in return. Uh, how do you feel about that, guys? Yeah, I mean, you go ahead, Nolan. Um. Basically, about your point specifically about RJ, I would just say that would be him and Randall would be the only two players really off limits, whether you had to throw in Obi and Mitch and a few first rounders, like three first rounders. I'd be fine with something like that. But I just don't know if Randall and Dane are a good enough duo to win new championship. Yeah, for sure. How you feel about that, Jeremy? Yeah, I agree. I don't think the two of them accomplishes very much. I think also the other factor why the Knicks would keep RJ is if you found a way to get Dame onto your team, you've got a nice window for when Dame still in his prime. He's going to be 31 this summer. So you get him for, you know, it's 31, 32, 33 seasons where you would hope he, assuming he stays healthy, is – playing like a top 10, maybe top 15 player um, in the league. But if you trade away RJ, then you're just going all in on a four year window, maybe. Uh, And that's not something that's wise to me. And I think the Knicks recognize that too. I think RJ is absolutely a mainstay. And the nice thing about the Knicks is, you know, having what seven draft picks in the next seven first round picks in the next five years, plenty of seconds, even a good one this year. Right now, I think the Pistons pick would be, 32nd or so um you got obi as you said uh mitch as well probably give up iq i mean uh, i think there is more than enough to part with where you could get the job done without putting rj on the table because to me the only players i'm probably trading rj for and this isn't even gonna happen so it's kind of like well whatever it's like you know your lucas of the world um Mm -hmm. your zions like but that's not it's not gonna happen so when you consider that RJ is, I guess, as untouchable as, as he can be. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, if you found someone who like, that's the other thing, I, I think Dame's a great player, but 
I, I also don't think he'll ask out this year, but crazier things have happened. If he doesn't ask out this year, but asks out next year, you got a great free agent class. You've got uh, Steph Curry, who knows what he's going to do. Chris Paul, if he wants to resign in Phoenix. Uh, Bradley Beal, if he's still going to be loyal in Washington. And you got Zach Levine, who potentially may leave Chicago if they keep trending in this direction. So when you consider all those four players, it's like, well, if the opportunity for Dame, you know, arises this summer, it's a different story. But if it waits another year, like that benefits you quite a bit because I would rather sign one of the four guys. I mean, probably three. Zach Levine's not not my favorite of the four, but like, you know, any of those guys over trading for Levine for for Lillard, excuse me, would make a lot more sense. I agree. And um, part of the reason, another reason why I would, I wouldn't uh, trade RJ in this package is because if you compare him to other Duke wings, such as uh, Tatum and Ingram, you know, Tatum, his second year, uh, put a 15, five and two shooting 37% from three on three attempts, uh, 45% from the field on 13 attempts. And if you look at Ingram's second year, he put up 16, five and three shooting 39% from three only, only shooting once. Uh, 47% from the field shooting uh, 12 attempts. And you know, those two years that LA and Boston had, they they weren't really contributing to winning like the way RJ has. And um, RJ put up 17, five, three, five and three, uh, 39% from the three, which he has increased uh, on four attempts and shooting 44% from the field. And uh, if you just, I know all development, all development is not the same, but if you look at that trajectory, you know, I'm, I'm right there with you guys. Like, I'm not really willing to give away with the ammunition that we have, you know? Uh, so, you know, moving on from the Knicks, uh, I actually wanted to talk about, pick your brain about uh, other NBA teams, uh, uh, Jeremy, if you don't mind. Uh, I want to talk about Portland. You know, Portland is uh, five and five in their last 10 games. Uh, how do you feel about, before we get into anything, how do you feel about Portland and uh, how they've been playing this season, Nolan? Um, so far, I mean, they've actually surprisingly been playing worse with their players healthy, which has been kind of crazy to see after making that trade. Yeah, I think um, they've won a few in a row now. I know that they said they're five and five out of the last 10, but I'm pretty sure they've won at least three in a row now. So, I mean, Things can still turn around. I'm really not the biggest fan of uh, Nurkic, and I'm really not a huge fan of really. I think uh, I think Robert Covington's a little overrated. So I don't know. I mean, I see that there's enough talent there when healthy and cooking on all cylinders to be a consistent, really good playoff team, but I don't see them as the upper echelon of teams in the Western Conference right now. Jeremy, how you how you feel about their play this season? Uh, it's definitely been lackluster. <laughs> I, you know, I think Portland had a window, and I think it closed for the most part. To me, they're a team that has a, an elite player. Uh, CJ's fantastic. But I don't know how they can coexist together when, when you look at the front court. I agree. Nolan, I'm also not a Nurkic fan. I think the fact that they have yet to win a postseason series with him is kind of a, a strong indictment. And oh, the really? fact that he's been that? yeah, and the fact that he's been injured before, you know, that's not exactly good for him uh, moving forward. Um, yeah. Covington, I agree. Yeah, he's he's been injured 
in the past and his shots not falling and defensively he's he's kind of losing a step there and you know they traded for Powell which makes sense but they're kind of beholden to keeping Powell because he's a free agent at the end of the year he's got a player option but he'll probably opt out because he can make a lot more money and Portland can either say like hey we'll we'll overpay you to stay or he could just walk for nothing and then they have no way to replace him because they're an over the cap team and they would have lost Gary Trent Jr. for basically nothing. So uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm just not Portland's biggest fan in terms of how they've been building their roster. And I just kind of see it as a ticking time bomb for them. Unfortunately. What did you uh, think about that trade for Gary Trent Jr. Or wait, trading him away. Yeah. I, if it feels short sighted in a lot of ways, I understand why they did it for sure, mm-hmm. but you know, I mean, I like Trent. I I think he could have made things work. I also would have been curious if they wanted to build around Trent moving forward, but then move McCollum in a deal. Um, you know, but the market for for front court players is pretty tough right now. For back court players, it could be easier, maybe. Um, but I just I don't think there are going to be too many big buyers and sellers this summer, based on how contracts are lining up and whatnot. So. Things always change, but yeah, I didn't. It, it felt like a like a panic move in a lot of ways to get Powell. Yeah, for sure. And um, you and Macri were talking about how they messed up like many summers. You know, the Allen Crab situation. Uh, just like you know, the people they surrounded with, uh, Damon CJ this year, right? Like Melo, Melo's not gonna stop anybody. Nurkic, we all know how Nurkic is around the rim. Canner, professional turnstile. Uh, you know, Simon's, you know, he's too small to be backing up uh, Dame and CJ to see a def- defensive uh, difference. Uh, you know, the coaching, a lot of people have been saying the, the coaching is something that needs to be looked at. Uh, maybe he has lost a locker room. I don't know. Like, I feel like Dame has had a sense of loyalty to him because last year they had a mediocre season two. And uh, Dame had his back. Dame had his back and said, no, this is our fault. And I don't know if it's going to be the same situation this year, but uh, it's it's tough to see. Um, Another player who has on the Portland who has uh, been just injury riddled is uh, Zach Collins out of Gonzaga. Came out, uh, gave him a few good moments in the playoffs here and there in the regular season, but just hasn't found a way to stay on the court. At the time, you know, he was a shocking lottery pick. People thought he was going to go mid first round. Uh, Portland went up and took him. You know, he's another player like who hasn't been key, hasn't missed a lot of games for them. How how you guys felt about the Zach Collins situation? Uh, Nolan, you could start. Um, honestly, Colin, I'm just not really a huge Zach Collins fan in general. Um, the fact that he hasn't been able to stay healthy is just even less reason for me to like him and have faith in him, I guess, developing moving forward. That being said, I mean, there's been players in the NBA that have had a few rough years of injuries, and Nick Gallinari's having a pretty solid year with staying surprisingly healthy ever since last year in OKC. So, I mean, players like that can turn it around, but I just don't know if he's worth – how much he's worth investing in at this point. Yeah, for sure. Jeremy, how you feel about the Zach Collins uh, debacle over there in, in Portland? Same way. There's not – I don't know how much there is in terms of um, redeeming him. He's he's uh, 
he's got talent and I think theoretically he makes a lot of sense you know he defends well at the rim and he can shoot I, I think a lot of people always kind of uh, love that type of like stretch big who can really provide for you but he's he just hasn't shown up because he's been so unhealthy um so you know, he's a, it's contract year for him it would have been great for him to be able to show he can still make a dent in some way to a team prove his worth but he'll be lucky if he gets i think a minimum salary next year i mean he, i would imagine some team will try to take a chance on him but he's just he just hasn't been healthy so it's kind of just the way it goes. Availability is the best ability. Yep. Just about to say that. That's exactly right. Exactly right. Um, switching gears real quick. Wanted to talk about uh, Houston and Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, recently, he dropped a surprising 50 bomb. I saw that game. Pretty impressive. Uh, 16 points uh, for the season. He's averaging 16 points, uh, six assists, uh, three rebounds, shooting terribly from the field, not as efficient as a shooter as you want him to be only shooting 30% from three, 40% from the field goal range. But uh, definitely a talent to the young player. Definitely has some uh has some talent that if developed right can be an impact player uh coming out of college uh you know always a trouble kid i remember reading a story about him like how he he's from the seattle area and how uh people always had to look after him he was always into the streets uh even uh our guy jamal crawford had uh took looked after him made sure you know he went to school and uh got a scholarship then he's one of those guys who went to multiple high schools had to move uh when he finally got to southern california didn't even play the whole season because he had issues uh he finally gets to the league and uh does have an okay freshman year he comes back his sophomore year um from that whole jail incident he had in the summer prior he comes back and uh, the harden trade happens and uh Cleveland acquires uh, Torian Prince. They give, you know, Kevin Porter Torian Prince's locker. And that whole, you know, fight happens. They ship him off to Houston. Um, During that time, I really wanted the Knicks to trade for him. I really thought he could have made an impact. Uh, Before, you know, Alec Burks had his whole breakout, you know, we were still needing that perimeter player who could, you know, score. Uh, How'd you guys felt when the Knicks didn't trade for Kevin Porter Jr.? Uh, Nolan, you can go ahead and start. Um, I wasn't, I mean, I think Kevin Porter Jr. is a player with a lot of potential and I, he'll eventually find a role in the league, maybe even, like, you know, be a mainstay in Houston, but I think he's lacking in a lot of other areas of his game and I don't know if he's talented enough to maintain, like, I don't think he's going to be averaging 25 plus a game or anything like that I think he's a streak shooter a little bit but I mean like you said like if the Knicks would have made a move for him for like a second round pick or pretty much something of no consequence I'd have been all for like them bringing him in as long as they didn't have any questions about his like effect on the locker room and team chemistry like that Jeremy how you felt He's definitely talented, 100%. Um, I think that a lot of people kind of gloss over what the effect someone can bring in terms of your culture. Like, if you're working with someone, whether it's at a job or school, whatever it may be, and you have someone you don't like working with or you think that they're just 
not maybe emotionally 100% there, mentally all there. Uh, it's tough. It's really hard to do. And I think that a lot of people kind of just view it from a, t- a 2K perspective of like, oh, we'll just add talent and we'll be fine. And so my thought process for the Knicks was basically like, he's talented. I'd love to add him, but he also needs to get a lot of his stuff together. And that's why for me, it'd be like, if they'd done it, it would have been awesome because you're bringing in talent. You have picks. You can afford to take on that challenge. We hear about the culture and how great it's been in New York and winning certainly helps that. So that's one way of looking at it. And yet at the same time, I don't blame the Knicks whatsoever for not taking a chance on someone who needed a second chance, maybe not in this type of environment. We know what it can be like to, rebuild in new york we know what it's like when you can see someone have incidents in new york i mean i remember what over a decade ago with plaxico for example when he shoots himself in the leg and obviously um it was a problem in terms of i'm convinced uh that giants would have won a second super bowl that year but that's not like that's conversation for another day point being you know it's just i get why they didn't do it and i'm at peace with it because i think as talented as he is, uh, he needed to find the right environment. I hope for his sake, it's Houston, but the the talent is definitely there. The potential is there. Yeah, for sure. And talking about like Houston's uh, future, you know, they signed Christian Wood, which is a great addition. Um, the Harden trade, which is a weird thing because, you know, they could have gotten Ben Simmons, the rumors, right? They could have gotten Ben Simmons, but also like, they passed on Karis LeVert. Well, I know, like, you know, he, he's a former net, but Karis LeVert is extremely talented. And and I feel like, you know, next year he'll show his worth in Indiana because of that uh, that horrible injury. But, um, like, how do you guys feel like how they handled the Harding trade? You know, do you think they got the best assets for them or they could have, you know, win another route? Confusing. Uh, how do you feel about that, Nolan? Um, I think they could have done better but I don't think Harden really did him many favors in that regard either by you know all the ways he was wasn't showing up to practice and was getting all these pictures taken in the media that they kind of just had to make the best deal available and I think he made it pretty short make pretty clear that he wanted to go to the Nets and like what you brought up with about Ben Simmons I think that came down more that Philly wasn't willing to part with Ben Simmons yet more than Houston not wanting Ben Simmons I don't know like I haven't really read any reporting on that to verify that it's more of a gut feeling but I I think that the outside of that trade and like all the picks they got that's great the player Oladipo they got virtually nothing for but for an overall outlook of Houston I really like a lot of their younger players like you said like Christian Wood like Kevin Porter Jr. if he can get his head on straight so I mean I think they're in about as good of a spot as you could be in given the circumstances they were dealt. Jeremy how you feel? feel like the Nets deal was it basically gave them an excuse to tank like that is kind of what they traded Harden for because the picks that they're getting really aren't that great um I mean they could be in a few years maybe what four or five years from now that's where they could kind of uh certainly see the benefits of this trade but again it's like yeah the the idea of if the Nets or excuse me the Sixers and the Rockets if Tillman Fertitta was a little uncomfortable with that deal or wanted to stick it to Maury or whatever, but it's, it was 
I think it was a fine enough trade. I guess when you they control the Nets' future, so that's one thing. But um, you know, I'm curious what they will do with Christian Wood because he is a talented player and uh, he could fit somewhere. I think they could get a nice haul for him. Mm. He's still what 25. He'll be 26 next year, so there's certainly value in that. And he's not earning a ton of money. So if I'm the Knicks, I'm probably not super interested, especially if I can keep Mitch. Um, but in terms of what Houston's doing. Yeah, it's it'll assuming they can even keep keep their pick this year. It's what protected, I think, one to three. Yeah. Otherwise, if it's four or less, the the Thunder get it. So mm. um I'm really I mean I guess their their future in a lot of ways hinges on the lottery and we'll see how that shapes up for them. But man, I <laughs> I'm just glad to not see my team rebuilding. So uh best of luck to Houston moving <laughs> forward. Isn't it a refreshing feeling when you see other teams going through this and we're like, we're laughing. We're like, man, thank God we don't ever have to go through that. Anymore. Well, maybe let me not say that, but for this season, yeah, we were good. <laughs> <laughs> All right. um, uh, one last segment before we let you go, Jeremy. Um, I wanted to talk about the Nuggets, man, because the Nuggets surprised me. Um, last few days, they, they've been playing well. And uh, recently they have they beat the Clippers. I seen that game. What an amazing game that was! A certified hood classic. Um, but without Jamal Murray, they're twelve and four. Um, how you guys felt about the Nuggets uh, after after Jamal Murray's uh, injury? Uh, Nolan, you can go ahead. Uh, I think the Nuggets. I mean, they've been playing surprisingly well with uh, what's his name going out. Who just what's their guard's name slipping. Jamal, Jamal Murray. Murray. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah sorry. Um, yeah, I think like the way they've played, I think they're what nine and one since he's gone out. Eight and one in the last nine, maybe something like that. Yeah, yeah, they're uh, nine and one, 12 and four. Yeah, and I mean, I think a big part of that is the trade they made for Eric Gordon. It's helped them to kind of be able to maintain their level of play. But um, I just, I just really want to see. I mean, I still don't think now with that injury they have enough to make a serious run in the playoffs. But at the same time, I don't think there's any team in the West that would want to play them. For that matter, I don't think there's any team in the West that wants to play any other team in the West at this point. I mean, from 1 to 10, there's all solid teams. So, I mean, you can have some luck in terms of seeding, but with the way the Lakers are going right now, with LeBron being hurt, the way – they could end up even as low as like in the seventh and being a playing game. It, I just don't think they have enough to get out of the West this year anymore. When I think Jokic has proven that he's been the MVP. I was probably leaning towards Joel Embiid before this injury and before Jokic really got to show what he could do without Murray. But I just, I just don't see them being in the top tier anymore at least as long as um murray's out uh jeremy how you feel about the nuggets this year where before and uh, what, uh before and after jamal so i actually disagree i think the nuggets still have a pretty good chance um mm-hmm. you know they're counted out last year i certainly counted them out and they did a great job of taking down the clippers and for mm-hmm. a little bit they made that lakers series entertaining so Jokic is just that good, and they're firing on all cylinders. I mean, the Aaron Gordon trade was fantastic for them. 
Uh, Michael Porter Jr. has been phenomenal in terms of what they're doing. Will Barton's been a shame he's been out. So they're, yeah, they're a little bit thin, but they've also been a deep team. I'm a big Monte Morris fan dating back to college. I think his ability to just take care of the ball is so pivotal. So based on the fact that Jokic is MVP, it wouldn't surprise me if he just kind of goes super scion and just lifts the nuggets as far as they can go. Uh, And, you know, you got, it depends again on where they're seated, but Utah's good. I'm curious how good they'll be if Mitchell's not 100%. The Suns are a great team, but they are also, except for Chris Paul, not very battle-tested in terms of the playoffs. So, I, I don't know. I could, I could see the Nuggets making a run. They're well-coached, they're talented, and they're just fun to watch. So, Jamal Murray, I think certainly him not being there will hurt, especially considering the performance that he had in the first round of last year against Utah. But, you know, it's like, they're, they're great at home and uh, they can cause some chaos on the road. So why not? Yeah, I agree. I feel like uh, Mike Malone doesn't get enough credit uh, the way he's used Michael Porter Jr. Um, he's Michael Porter Jr. has been handling the ball a little bit more off pick and roll uh, handoffs. Um, you just utilizing him more in an offensive way, uh, putting up 24 points, uh, seven rebounds, one assist, shooting 40, 43% uh, from three on seven attempts, which is ridiculous. Uh, 55% from the field goal range. Um, you know, we, me and Nolan, we were talking about, we were laughing and joking uh, the past few weeks about, you know, that Knox draft on how, like, you know, me uh, personally, I was a big fan of Porter in high school, all, his junior, senior year, uh, even when he decommitted through Washington and he had all that hate, like, I still, I, I understood and I saw the talent uh, there. And uh, even though he had that back, uh, the back problems, man, I really wanted the Knicks to take a chance on him. I understood why they didn't. Uh, how do you uh, how do you guys feel, uh, Jeremy? How do you feel about that that draft, that Knox draft, and uh, Scott Perry's decision? You know, pass up and on him, and now we see how he plays. You know, you know how Twitter is, and you, I know you see it. Yeah, I really wanted Mikael Bridges. I saw a little bit more than a three and D type, and even if that was all he was going to be, that's a pretty a valuable piece to have. You know, like he's like one of those glue guys that can really keep you together, and the strides he's made have been phenomenal. So um, Knox really wasn't someone I was super high on as a result, but for Porter Jr., I just, I didn't, like you said, the back injuries really scared me. I know someone who had uh, a friend or a contact in one of the NBA offices, front offices, and they had his review and they said it was just really concerning for the back. One of the worst they've seen injury wise in a while. So Denver was in a great position to take him. I don't think other teams would have necessarily made that swing, although I'm surprised the Clippers didn't because they had two picks. And, uh, you know, I know a lot of people might uh, poke fun at the Knicks for taking Knox, but (laughs) I mean, they had two opportunities to to take him. And I I don't, I don't blame them for trading uh, SGA to get Kawhi, but um, that (laughs) that other pick was not great. Yeah. That kid they took from Boston University, right? From BC, yeah. 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 Um, so that was rough for them. Jerome Robinson. Yep. But uh, yeah, that's um, I just, I, I, I'm at peace with it. You know, there's nothing can be done at this point. Uh, how you feel, Nolan? 
Yeah, I mean, basically the same. I mean, I was really excited about Knox. You heard that crazy story about how he just dominated in that practice uh, pre-draft, and he looked great that summer league. I got Kevin Knox jersey. I was all excited for him to be the next Jason Tatum, and um, I, I don't think the Knicks in Fisdale did much to put him in the best developmental role I mean there was that one month I think in December he won rookie of the month or whatever for the Eastern Conference but he just hasn't been able to put it together enough consistently even on offense which is supposed to be a strength yet alone defense so drafting Obi, I just don't really see much of a future here for Knox I mean it's hard you hate to write off a kid that young when you see the turnaround the player like Randall has had at this point in his career but those type of turnarounds are really rare and he hasn't even shown the ability to produce like Randall had prior to this breakout. So it's, it, it's hard. It's a hard pill to swallow when you see both the bridges and Michael Porter jr. Who probably would win most improved player if it wasn't for Randall. But I mean, like, like Jeremy said, you, I mean, it happened. It is what it is and kind of just got to live with it. Yeah. Like, um, Circling back to the Knicks on how, because uh, I know uh, Frank's uh, qualifying offer is about 8 mil. Um, it's how- not, I, I was actually wrong on that. I just want to point out. It was, it's more yeah. about five because what I forgot was he didn't um, reach starter criteria. So, oh. yeah, but but nonetheless, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just wanted to, to correct myself. On no, that. I, yeah, I got that from you. So. <laughs> yep. Oh, no, I know. I figured. <laughs> and uh, how you, uh, um, Knox is, how much Knox makes next year if they pick up his option? I'd have to double check, but it should be around six ish, somewhere in that ballpark. Do you believe they picked that up? They already did. They picked oh, okay. it up at the before the season started. Oh, okay, okay, cool, cool, cool. So, do you, like, how do you feel about like um his future here with the Knicks, Jeremy? I don't think it's that long. Um, you know, saving grace in a lot of ways is the fact that he went to Kentucky, but. I think you know the Knicks don't need to trade him if they wanted to get some sort of value. I think they should look into it, but. Considering the fact that 2022 is shaping up to be an important summer for them, I think they'll probably they would let him go at that point. So you're not really selling high on him, but you're you don't need to dump him. But if you can find someone that wants him for a second round pick, you know, like if a team like Houston wants to take a shot at talent and they want Knox, like that's the perfect place to try to get some sort of value from him, or maybe Sacramento or any of these rebuilding teams, Orlando. They seem to love length and wingspan. So I'd, I'm, I'd be surprised if Knox weren't shopped, but I just don't think his future is here for long. Uh, one last thing before we let you go. Um, a conversation that me and Nolan has been having a lot recently and uh, about our big, uh, big man position, about the centers. Um, you know, Mitch and Noel, they've been injury riddled their whole career. Um, even though Noel has shown like great, great moments this season, uh, he's also been banged up a lot this season, and he's been, he's you know he's been tough. He's been tough, but uh, how comfortable do you feel, Jeremy, about committing like two plus years to Noel, two plus you know signing, uh, giving Mitch his extension now? Like, how do you feel about that? Yeah, so I wouldn't pay both of them for multiple years. I'd only pick one. Ideally, you're bringing back Noel for another year, but I see the thing is, I think Obi's going to see more minutes at the five next year. Not a ton, but enough and that's going to cut into someone's time. Um, so 
the thing about Mitch as well, I don't know if he's, if he's kind of like injury prone, you know, cause I, I go back and forth on this, but last year, for example, I think he only missed about five games this year, obviously you had the freak hand injury and then the foot injury. But when you see how many players have been hurt around the league this year, I'm trying to figure out, is that a Mitch thing or is that an NBA thing? Yeah. 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 Um, and I think this first year, you know, he had one injury that kept him out for a bit, but was pretty good otherwise. And they brought him back slowly. So kind of just putting all this together because, you know, you don't want to invest in someone that you think won't be able to play. I think he can. And I think the Knicks believe in him and I think they're going to try to prioritize him if possible. But, you know, I mean, someone like Christian Wood, I think actually hurts Mitch because as good as Mitch has been defensively, uh, his offense isn't, you know, he's a great finisher, but he won't create much. He, he only really takes shots at the, at the rim. Um, but I think uh, I want to say Woods making like 13 or 14. So I don't see a world in which Mitch makes more than that. Mm-hmm. And considering how Wood was an unrestricted free agent who was traded in a sign and trade, whereas that probably wouldn't happen with Mitch if he's staying with the Knicks because he wouldn't be traded. Um, his salary could be lower and the Knicks could kind of influence that as well. So I I'm okay with Noel getting a bigger deal. And I think we even saw last night as a reminder, just his hands on offense are disgustingly bad. <laughs> Sometimes they, yeah. that's not a problem that Mitch has. His hands are fantastic. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I would much rather keep with Mitch and use him as an asset down the line if need be versus kind of trading him now and going with Noel. I think that the time to trade Mitch was at the deadline and that passed. And since that did, it's probably better just keep him now. Nolan, what's your thoughts on that? We had a lot of conversation about this. Yeah, I mean, real quick, just like what Jeremy said, I mean, like, I'd love to keep them both because you see Nerlens has a tendency to get banged up. You see that Mitch had two injuries this year. I don't think he's injury prone either, but he is a seven footer and any foot injury for a guy that big is scary. You have a, a high probability of getting that foot re-injured in the future. Um, so if you could get them both on a deal, um, I think you could, but maybe you'd have to give Nerlens a one-year deal at maybe like a slightly overvalued price and then try to get Mitch at a reasonable deal for the years moving forward. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, yeah, so Jeremy, I appreciate you, you know, giving us new bucks, you know, a time. And uh, appreciate it. Talk Knicks, talk about the NBA in general. Uh, if you guys check them out, uh, check out the Strickland, check out the, the film school. Great content if you're diehard Knicks fans like us. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, thank a lot of fun. You, Jeremy. Appreciate you, man.